Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido along with Scoot. Oh. And Johnson. Take that, frogs. Take it, frogs. Take it and go back to Texas. Did you guys see the uh, stat that this was the first time that TCU has flown on a plane this season? Yeah, they've played essentially everything in their home state. And so I think they had traveled a total of like 200 some odd miles. And then they traveled like five times that to morgantown hooray big 12 hooray yay (laughs) um so i just have one comment i mean i have many comments but i have one comment about this game this weekend which is okay i hope that this weekend and the gameplay and the west virginia team that we saw shuts the people on twitter up that are always like hey we should start garrett green hey coach brown's terrible play calling Hey, you know, like, I'm done <laughs> hey with Hey, guys. Hey, guys. You know, I mean, and I am so tired of these play calls, and I'm so tired of this coach. Like, he's, they're firing Neil Brown. We're not even a year and a half into the season. Like, come on, people. Now, here's, here's what I'm going to say. You're not going to like it, Guido. I'm going to say some things you're not going to like. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. And I'll tell you how you're wrong all along the way. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to mediate here. I think the play call, listen, I have no problem with the play call. I have no problem with the play calling. I think that that was fine. Okay. My issue still rests with Jared Dagey. Why? Now tell me, now give okay. me, he, give me, get, wait, 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 wait. But give me the reason. Give me what's wrong with Jared Dagey. Give me what's the problem. He okay. How many times did he throw? Did he throw any balls that were to nobody? Yes. Okay. That happens though. That's football. Is is he a realistic deep threat thrower? No. I mean, I think that that's where he struggles. I think I agree that the the you know he's not throwing a lot of the thirty yard okay. downfield passes. I agree. If 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 you were to look at the other quarterbacks in the league. Is he a realistic man? That guy's going to win you a Big Twelve championship quarterback. I I think he could be. We're realistically we could be in the Big Twelve championship. I I'm going to tell you I don't see it. He he may have. This is kind of like the baseball argument, right? You have so in baseball managers, especially those old school managers, struggle with the saber metrics. So yes, we can look at Jarrett Deggie's stats from the last couple weeks and say he had. Three three hundred yard uh, passing games. Right. You know he's he's not thrown very many interceptions. Right. However, right. does he pass the eye test? Right. Does he does he pass the gut feel? Now, am I saying that Garrett Green is the answer? I don't know. I don't. I've not seen enough of Garrett Green to say that he's better than. But Jared Scoot, Dayton. you're saying let's not go Moneyball approach here. Like you're you're still saying it just doesn't feel like you'd like it to. to right. Feel. It doesn't. What? But he, he, here's the problem, and this is where I have problems with people who are saying, "Oh, it doesn't feel like." Oh, I mean, and, the, and I I think these are the people who don't under don't don't just watch football to yell at football and don't understand. 
Garrett, Garrett Green is going to be a great quarterback, and don't get me wrong. Sure, man. yeah. I think he's going to be amazing. I think he's going to be better than Jared Daigie. Okay. You know, and I think he has a chance of being, you know, in that echelon of the Geno Smiths and the Pat Whites, you know, those quarterbacks that we love from West Virginia. I think he has a chance for that. But we've got Jared Daigie. Jared Daigie's number seven in the nation right now in passing yards. He's number seven in the nation in passing yards. Yeah. He's, he's second... He's second in the Big 12 in passing for quarterbacks. He's, you know. I would venture to guess that if he's seventh in the nation in passing yards, our wide receivers are first in the nation in yards after catch. Well, I don't know. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's the case. I think that the, the, what's making him, you know, seventh in the nation passing yards is he's, you know, there's been two games where he's thrown, you know, over 50 attempts of passing and he completes 35 of them, you know. He's throwing a ton. Well, Scoot, you know, what if I told I, you? I just, what if I told you, Scoot, if the because it is interesting because I see Scoot's point. I'll be honest, but I also see Guido where you're coming from. So, Scoot, what if I told you that um, another EF Hutton? So when Jed, Dren- you know how I said when John Antonick tweets something out, I listen. Well, mm-hmm. equally there is Jed Drenning. So when the signal caller uh, tweets something out, I read it, and he said. So what if I told you that WVU leads the Big 12 Conference with 22 plays from scrimmage of 30-plus yards, 14 pass and, and 8 run? I mean, that seems – that's interesting to me, isn't it? Because you wouldn't – there are a lot of people that are hammering this offense all the time, and obviously they're they're getting something accomplished. They're getting something done out here. Yeah, I mean, I – yes. Statistically, yes. But I'm telling you, the eyes don't lie. No, I think what it is, Scoot, and 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 I can see this part of it is we are so used to as West Virginia fans. We've come off of two different head coaches. Well, I mean, Bill Stewart was in there, but we've come from Rich Rod, who ran you know that spread offense. You had fast quarterbacks, you had fast running backs, you had option plays. You had a lot happening on the field at a time. And then we went to you know a, a, a far to the other side of a gunslinger offense. You know, with Holgerson, where you had, you know, quarterbacks that had to throw 30 and 40 yards down the field because that's what the offense was designed for. And now you've switched to having what I think is a much more balanced approach. I mean, especially this season with how good Letty Brown is, um, a much more balanced approach. So people are mad when we're doing these eight yard out routes and taking our three plays to get our first down. And they're saying it's bad play calling and it's, we need Garrett green in there. Cause this isn't exciting enough. I mean, everybody's complaining about this team and it's frustrating me. I think they're playing as expected as I thought they would play this season. I think they look good and every game, including the three that we've lost, we've been in it to win. I mean, fourth quarter in that Texas tech game, you know, fourth quarter in the Texas game, we were there. We could have won those games. That That's that's a little bit of, like, this team not being mature enough to score. I'm just tired of people attacking Jared Dagey and attacking Neil Brown on a team that is way more improved than last year. I mean, let's talk about fourth quarter. There, were, How many games did we turn off in the third quarter last year just because we couldn't stand to watch a fourth quarter where it was painful? You know what I mean? Like, we there were – plenty of games last season where we weren't going to win the fourth quarter. I'm, I'm tired of the, the complaining from people. I complained about it last week. Well, I think know? one last thing for, for Deggie, I think where Scoot probably comes in and I, I had a bit of an eye roll too. When, when, when you're watching the game and on TJ Simmons first touchdown, for example, he has to wait 
like one two Mississippi for the ball to get there, you know, and thankfully he's got a strong enough you know ability about him he goes up gets it you know when when receipt when uh sorry defenders show up uh and the ball is just getting there so i think when people see that i think that's probably where scoot i'm not putting words in your mouth but i think plays like that people go oh i don't know glad that worked out but doesn't make me super confident well the way i look okay so by by nature we compare we compare people and and especially if you are a sports enthusiast, you're comparing previous players of the same position. So if I were to look, and let's just go the, I don't know, since 2000, since the Rich Rod days. Okay. Would you take Pat White or Jared so you've had you've had like, you want, you well, let's to, think you about to, that for a second. You want me to do the Patino thing? You want me to do the Patino? Pat White's not walking through that door. Pat, White, <laughs> Pat White's not coming through that door. Well, let's know? think about that for a second because who we've had Rashid Marshall. Yeah, would you take him yeah, over Daggy? We've had Pat. We've had um, – you could probably count – I mean, Skyler, uh, of course. Um, yeah, I, I'd say let's go with the guys that have been there for more than one year, starters for more than one year. Yeah. So would you take Rashid Marshall yeah, over Daggy? Will, will Greer. I'm not saying he's better than any of those guys, Scoot. That's not what I'm saying. See, this is where – you know, and I understand you're try, you're trying to compare. I'm trying to compare this team to last year. Would you take? Let me ask you this, Scoot. Answer this question. Would you take Jarrett Dagey over Austin Kendall? Yes. There you go. That's how bad I feel Austin Kendall is, though. I don't know that that's <laughs> necessarily me saying Jarrett Dagey is great. That's mean. I don't want to do that. That's mean. That's Look, wrong. I think I think what it means is I expect the offense to evolve away from the long ball because I think that is a struggle. And Guido, I feel like that's what they've done. I feel like they've done that. I feel like they don't make, you know, that pat those two passes to TJ are about as long as you're going to see. Realistically, the reason why they don't, they've, they've done better. And this is probably why Guido sees it better. They're doing better because the running game is so much better than it was last year. I mean, yeah, they've, that's true. They're already yeah. what? 200 plus yards, 300 yeah. yards beyond so what ta- they had yeah, the entire season. That. So, I mean, that's going to offset some of the throwing issues. I think they would be way more glaring if the run game was still the same as it was last year. Yeah, I agree with that. And and in Austin Kendall's defense, there there is a good chance that if Austin Kendall was the quarterback now, his stats may be identical to what Jared Daggies are, to be honest with you. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, to Scoot's point, the running game is going to open up a whole lot of things in the passing attack. Yeah, I mean, Letty Brown's third in the nation in rushing yards right now. Yeah, and he had a great day Saturday. I mean, I think to, to me, though, again, all three phases played pretty solid Saturday. And I thought it was another game, just like we said, you know, previous week they came out and they, and I, so to me, I feel like they're continuing to build, even though, even though we let Texas kind of off the hook, I was glad to see him come out and still play a really strong game. Well, and I think, you know, I think that the, what's happening and what we are seeing happen is the Neil Brown era really getting to start, you know, he was, he was handed the keys to a Pinto last year and he had to make the best of what he could with what he had. Now, I mean, look at how many true freshmen are starting on this team. You have a kid like Zach Frazier, you know, you have Mesador, you have these guys that played high school football last year that are now playing D1 power five football the next year. And that's practically unheard of. And so I think that, you know, I hate to be the, and I, I sometimes feel like of the three of us, I'm the only one who is the bandwagony trust the climb guy, but I'm the bandwagony <laughs> trust the climb guy. Like, I, I feel like 
I'm not expecting us to win the Big 12 Conference this sure. year. I don't expect a, I still expect us to be in the Tostitos or the, right. the Cheez-It Bowl or the, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah, the Meineke right. Carcare Bowl. The Julio's like this, the, Big Crunch the, Bowl. Yeah, right? But, like, I, and but I think the problem I have is, is that no, like, I feel like when I'm out there and I'm reading Twitter and, I, you know, and sometimes talking with Scoot, like, I feel like I'm trying to, like, you guys all expect this team to be, you know, playing in the the championships you know playoffs yeah i think i want i I don't think skew thinks that i think he just wants more excited skew's an exciting guy and he wants to see excitement i I do i do i don't like seeing the the boring play calls which i I think it's game winning i get it but i would rather see a little uh a little flash a little something a little something (laughs) something and and this might be an issue i hate to tell you this this might be an issue i don't think like I'm not saying Neil Brown's risk adverse, but I if you go back and look at Troy and you go back and even look at some of Troy's games, even that LSU game that they won, there it's they weren't a flashy team. They're they Troy wasn't a flashy team. I don't think his offensive design is for a flashy team. Well, I don't team. know. I mean, I would counter that he went for a lot of fourth downs there in the Texas game that he got some criticism for, but I I just think overall he's taking I mean, look, we say it every week. I think it's fair to say it again this week. Who was in the vanguard again this week, shutting TCU down? The defense. So when I when I see the offense run out, I just want them to play solid. I, Scoot, I guess I'm okay. I'm embracing the the boring. I guess I, I'm okay well, with like as long as they're picking up first downs and we're putting some points on the board. I don't even need a lot of points. I just need me, a, I just need a couple scores. Some of the most exciting stuff I saw on Saturday was. When we saw a friend of the podcast, Mark Rucker, and the Juice Squad <laughs> right. cut loose on the Juice Squad, right? That was exciting. I mean, so, I should say we didn't even we didn't even start. I, I got on such a rant that we didn't even start. West Virginia beat TCU this weekend, twenty four to six. Didn't allow TCU <laughs> oh, to score any touchdowns. Oh, by the way, in case you, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know the score. If you're listening to this podcast to get the score of a WVU game, um, you know, well, we do have some listeners in, in Europe. <laughs> I mean. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, this is this, po- this podcast getting to Germany. Yeah, he's WVU. He's won. Yeah, <laughs> and but one, I did. I, I, it, one thing that Guido to point out too is again uh, the signal caller, which I'll put it in the links to the show. But he pointed out it was the lowest scoring output of the Gary Patterson era, and that's that's a long time. I mean, they reference a 59 three loss in 1993. I mean, Gary Patterson's been there a long time. So to get, to get an accolade like that held, held holding them without a touchdown to only six points. I think we, you know, we're spoiled. Like we're kind of taking that stuff for granted lately, but the defense is just playing lights out. And I mean, you had, you had, I mean, again, Tony Fields just owning all, all over the place. You had, uh, is it X-ray? Is it X-ray low? That's what I want to say. Yeah, X-ray is what I usually hear. X-ray, I think it's how yeah. he says it. X-ray low came in. Um, usually is second on the depth chart. Came in because Chandler Shamato was was out. He was phenomenal with twelve tackles. Yeah, and we keep uh, talking about Tyke Smith. I mean, Tyke Smith I, continues to impress. He was everywhere Saturday, and he essentially, I mean, it was already pretty much a matter of time. But he put the you know nail in the coffin with a with a clutch uh, interception late. So, but yeah, it was great to see. You know, great to see us Can not I, allow a touchdown. Yeah, it was pretty, I love pretty it. awesome. I love it. Can I talk about something that concerns me? I I worry that Gary Patterson and Neil Brown have some similarities. 
Okay. <laughs> I assume okay. I, I can't think of any off. It's the visor. It's the he's hairstyle and visor. visor. <laughs> like that's a concern well, because else. it's not a great look. This is like a, let's, I've got somewhat of a comb over going on. I'm going to throw a visor on top of it. Well, Gary Patterson's probably got a good what hundred, hundred twenty pounds. On, yeah, uh, on he Coach does. Brown. I mean, at least a hundred, right? I mean, yeah, he's got at least, at least a C note on him. Hairstyle similar. That hairstyle's very similar. That's a concern. <laughs> That's a concern. This is why when Scooty wants, want, Scooty starts talking about bringing Garrett Green, and I don't like play calling. This is why I throw him out because he's more concerned about hairstyles <laughs> of coaches than he's concerned about football. Well, I think when, uh, when we notice. Coach Brown putting on some weight and then doing the pants, the belt hike on the, the sideline and stuff. Then I'll start to be concerned. Because but not yet, not yet, skewed. I'll I'll give him some leeway on the visor, the van down by a river belt hike. Because Coach Brown is younger, do you think that's somebody he looks up to and he thought that's a good look? I want to do that. I'm thinking no, but do you think uh, Steve Spurrier is who they try to emulate? He also had some sort of a comb over issue. It's the visor. You don't like the. Why don't you like the visor? We, we would, I think that the old ball coach probably popularized the visor. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, the visor's okay. He, he would have made that popular. Let's be real. What are we doing with it? Like, I guess we're keeping the sun <laughs> out of our face. Is that the extent of a visor? What you're saying, you'd rather have a baseball hat. Yeah, wear the hat. Just wear the hat. Or you want a fedora? What do you want, Scoot? You want like a Abe Lincoln chimney hat? What do you want him to wear out there? <laughs> I say go baseball hat. Are we are we really trying to get some air on the on the dome? What are we trying to do with this visor? But anyway, that was my concern is that Gary Patterson and Neil Brown have a similar look. Well, I wanted to bring up something else. We're going to run down through the stats and stuff and go through the game, Guido. I know we're going to hit on some other stuff. But one thing that really I got tired of as the game went on was – how much pushing and shoving after plays was going on. It was super chippy. And the commentators who I almost feel like week to week, we get the level of not paying attention to the game. I feel like I'm watching that the commentators are discussing gets worse. Right. And so as this game went on, you'd hear comments from the commentators like, Oh man, refs doing a good job getting in there and, you know, cleaning that stuff up. And I was like, we've not seen a, we've seen one, penalty and it was on uh who is it big mike who's number 57 mike for Brown. us was taking yeah he was taking care of a running back that was getting like suplexed at one point and they threw a flag i think the rest of the game they hardly threw any flags for the ri ridiculous amount of what seemed like pushing and shoving through the game so i i just had to bring that up because that seemed to get old really quick yeah i mean yeah yeah you, and then you had that one in the first half where uh what's his name caesar i think was his name from uh tcu was on top of ryan and, he, <laughs> and the ref had to pull him off right. of him and they still didn't right. throw flag uh you know and this is the one part of the game that is bothering me about west virginia right now and in a game like this weekend it doesn't play as much yeah. because we were a better team than TCU. but it definitely could have penalties are a problem yeah. right now yeah and 15 and, yard penalties specifically yeah yeah 15 yard like dumb penalties are a problem right now well and, and i thought guido too you know where i was watching the game the conversation that kind of came up where i was watching is they're gonna they're gonna let this go they're gonna let it go and we're gonna have a fight on on the field on our hands here by the fourth quarter and i thought a couple times you almost saw that really you know pushing and shoving i I had uh, retweeted um, a tweet where 
folks were showing, you know, a West Virginia blocker really blew up a linebacker. And then you had the TCU linebacker almost shoving the ref out of the way, trying to get at a guy. So I, you know, to me, I'm, I, you know, it's okay. Whatever guys get heated, but I was just really surprised at the amount of it. Well, and this almost leads to my, you know, semi weekly rant that I have about big 12 referees and you know how, I think a lot of the problem was controlling the game this weekend on their side. And, uh, you know, and you saw it. I mean, Dante uh, Stills at the end of the first half. Yeah, he was heated you know, too. Yeah, He was heated too. I thought something was going to happen there. It, it is. It's, 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 it's frustrating. Uh, the penalties are frustrating now for West Virginia. Um, it, it's definitely, for me, the probably the worst thing that came out of this weekend was just how many penalties, how many. Um, at one point, I think we had like three penalties for 45 yards and they had no penalties on them and it was just like what what's happening here we're giving up so much yardage so much field it's kind of like you said i mean thankfully in a game like this it didn't it didn't play too big of a role but it certainly could so it i think that's why it grabbed my attention it was like man there's another one there's another one all in all though i mean the stats look good i mean it it wasn't i think this is a, a prime example of west virginia got to a point where they were ahead and they felt comfortable that they just definitely took their foot off the throttle and the Second half was just clock, 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 like chewing the clock like crazy, you know. Um, but Jared Diggy, I felt, looked good. 19 for 26 for 212 yards, two touching, two touchdown passes, no interceptions, only got sacked twice, and you're still talking about a young offensive line there. Letty Brown led the way with 163 total gained, um, no touchdowns, but a, a couple of awesome he averaged six and a half yards yeah he was ripping off some big runs and especially bouncing it outside which we hadn't seen a whole lot you know letty kind of prides running between the tackles so i thought that was great he looked he looked really good saturday and i think we said this from the beginning and 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 it's kind of reigning true you know with this team is that we need to average more than the whatever it was 2.5 yards that we had a carry last season and i mean letty did again the game for the total we were five yards um, a carry for the team and Letty was averaging uh, 6.5. So it's really good. And then of course, TJ Simmons. Yeah. So that's, I was going to bring up TJ Simmons. We, we had said Guido last week, you know, we see him make a play here and there. And Scoot even said, that's when you sit back and go, that's why Alabama recruited him. That's why we were so happy to get him. He, he played some big boy wide receiver on Saturday. Yeah. He looked, he looked great. I mean, some catches, some amazing catches that t- that first touchdown cast, and Scoot's not wrong. I mean, that was not a great pass that he, you know, turned into a great catch. Um, yeah, and then his second, he pretty much just caught it and then carried the D back into the into the end zone. I thought that was great. I mean, he just had a really good game, and I love to see it because I think the more we can get him going, only good things are going to happen. Yeah, definitely. And then on the defensive side, I mean, I think we kind of already said it, but um, it was also good to see you know Prince Akeem got got his sack in there, and he was. Um, you know, he was in on four tackles, which is great for a defensive lineman. The Stills brothers, you know, always are the Stills brothers. It looks good. I can't believe, I mean, I guess I can, but I can't believe how good this defensive line is and how deep, you know, our defense is this year. It's it's kind of, it's crazy. I, I don't think we expected it. I think we expected the Stills brothers to be good, but all these other names that we're hearing, you know, come up with, you know, Puller and Mesador and Dylan Tonkery ha- having a good couple of games and Bartlett, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of fun to have this many, you know, this many uh, names that we get to hear every game. Oh yeah. And I think, you know, T- TCU came in having a ton of uh, success on the ground 
And I thought for the most part, I mean, they still they still ended up getting their yards in the box score. But I thought for the most part, WVU really shut that down. They really didn't give what I think is normally a quarterback that looks to run. He was bottled up pretty much as well. So I think you can't say enough positives about the way the defense is playing. Coach Brown, happy after the game. You know, he, it was all it was all happy talk during the postgame press <laughs> That's conference. That's nice when you win, isn't it? it? It was. It was happy. He was happy about the offense. He was happy about the defense. He was happy about the special teams. And I, I will say special teams look good this week. Uh, punting, you know, again, Tyler Sumter probably had his, his best game. He did, he, you know, Coach Brown did say one thing. It'd be nice to win on the road, which, you know, it'd be nice to win on the road. It's nice to win at home, but <laughs> winning on the road would be... Well, I made a note of the kick catch interference, um, you know, at one point on the on the TCU, uh, on the TC, the one punt for TCU. I think early they extended a drive. They, you know, we had we had gotten flagged for contacting the punter. The punter for TCU really sold it. I mean, on replay, I was kind of frustrated. It didn't look like there was anything there, but they got the benefit of that. But other than that, it was pretty clean for special teams. And I think you know, Scoot. I think going back to what we were arguing about early on, you know, I think the thing that Coach Brown said after the game, and I think this rings true with the program in general, which is he he said the level of buy-in is not there yet with the program, with the plan, with the, the climb. With, with the scoot. With the scoot. <laughs> uh, yeah. He referenced you specifically. <laughs> he referenced you specifically. The level of buy-in isn't there yet. The culture's not there yet, but it's getting better. And it's getting close. And I think that's what's, you know, important to remember. And and I mean, I you know, I, I, I mean, I guess it is in a way our job as fans and as, you know, the the well, I'll put big air quotes when I say this media that we are to be a little bit, you know, critical of the team. Yeah, sure. I mean, people aren't going to want to hear us gush over the team every week. Yeah. I get that. But, you know, in the same sense, I, I I think for me, it's seeing the change from last year into this year. And I think he sees that change. I think they are a much improved team. And and this is a trajectory that we want, you know. So I, I still give him a chance. Come I, on, man. Well, I'm just saying I I've got some thoughts that that. Uh, I mean, what's Jared Dagey? Is he a junior or a sophomore? Yeah, he's a junior. He's a junior. OK. So we've got him for next year as well. Yes. And I already don't think he's a Big 12 championship quarterback. So that's what's that telling me? I need him to do something drastically different to make me feel better. I'm going to say this, and this is a super premature, uh, super, super premature. But I'm not necessarily sure I 100% believe Jared Dagey will be the starting quarterback next year. Really? And I'm, I'm only saying that because I see what Neil Brown has done with recruiting this year and how many true freshmen and how many of his guys he puts into the game compared to the guys that he inherited from previous regimes. And so, and I know Jarrett Dagey is his guy. Like Jarrett Dagey transferred in with him and he recruited Dagey. And I know the whole story there, but I'm just saying that I, I wonder if that changes more as he gets more of his guys into the program. Yeah, it certainly could. I, I just think... You know, if we're going to go ahead and try to prognosticate for next season a little bit, I guess for me, you know, look, the guy's winning. Uh, we we won impressively. We won by 18 points on Saturday. So he doesn't really make any mistakes and he throws a lot of good balls. So I think, you know, coming off of that and coming off the last um, two wins, really, I have a hard time criticizing the guy. Now, I, 
I agree with what Scoot's. I I know what where Scoot's coming from. I know what he's talking about, but I'm okay with the lack of flash if if that's the result we keep getting. So well, we'll find out. We got 13 days until we play Oklahoma, and in those 13 days, a lot can change. And doesn't that but, feel now like a huge opportunity just to look just just to look forward a little bit? And and you know, again, I know I say this every week lately. I'm gonna get off of it, but. When when you think about that loss to t- to uh, Texas Tech that just should have never happened, and then letting Texas off the hook, it's you know it, it the Texas game you know whatever we you know we had that and, and let it get away. But now that you see how kind of crazy the conference is, Texas Tech turns around and beats Baylor, who's really struggling now. It really right. looks like you know WVU's they're they're sitting in a good spot and they're sitting in a great spot if they take care of that business in Lubbock. Especially, are you prepared to hear? Roughly five hours of non nonstop Spencer Rattler talk because that's what's going to hit you thirteen days from now. You'll hear nothing. Yeah, well, I think you're yeah. right. Spencer yeah. Rattler, this Spencer Rattler, that yeah. QB one, QB one. Like you're going to hear <laughs> nonstop sure. Spencer Rattler talk. Yeah. All right, well, we'll see. Yeah, well, buckle in for that. No details on that game yet. No time. No idea of when it's going to be played. I think it's uh, that's in the seven day window. So we'll find out probably next. But don't next you think week. that's a super like I'm excited to to see our defense meet the challenge though. I mean I I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be a cool game. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be very telling. Very telling. Two tough games left between Oklahoma and Iowa State. So two good teams this year. Well, let's change our tune a little bit and let's talk basketball, guys. And, uh, you know, a little bit of basketball news coming around. But uh, one thing that we should talk about is Huggins already signing people. He got Kobe Johnson, which I'm excited for somebody named Kobe. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're named Kobe, uh, I'm interested already. Okay. Six foot foot four guard out of Canton, Ohio, three-star recruit. Nice outside shooter, but he can drive. He's got speed, so that's good. And um, so, I mean, Huggins making that, getting those signings, getting those, getting those people in the program still. Yeah, and getting the Ohio signings, right? So on the heels of that, you've got Seth Seth Wilson, Scoot, another guard, um, another guard. I think you know I had watched some of the discussion about the recruiting that Huggs is doing, and a lot of it he attributes to the inroads and the friendships and the relationships that he has with all of these coaches across the state of ohio who probably at one point filtered through his dad's camp i think right so yeah we're um we're pulling some pretty good talent out of ohio so it'll be interesting to see how these guards kind of blend in with the the other guys that we do have so i'm kind of curious to see what we've got and i i i wonder so are we assuming that we're done is and you never know because people transfer in and out of basketball now like crazy compared to how it used to be. So, I mean, I, I would assume Oscar is gone after this year, uh, potentially Derek Culver. I mean, so there's some some questions as to who goes, who stays. Yeah. I think one thing for me looking at what he's recruited so far and what, you know, what we've got on the team is I worry a little bit about a big man. Like, I, you know, I've seen these two. You got a six four, six three recruit right here. You know where's where's our six eight six nine six ten guy? And that's unless they unless they redshirt uh, Senny Enjai, which I wonder if they'll do that because he's he's like six ten six eleven, but he's real thin. So they may try to feed him 
this this year and try to bulk them up. Yeah. Scoot, one other important question I have for you when talking about the location of these guys is: Do people around you say Ahia? Ahia? Yeah, there's Marietta, Marietta, Ohio. Yeah, you get some of that sometimes. Yeah, I was just wondering if you get a lot of that. That's a pet peeve of mine. Ahia. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the other cool thing to come out of this week was Fran Frischilla, uh, I guess, you know, got some uh, special pass to come in and watch some practices and scrimmage. Yeah, and I'll say. I mean, also, he also got to watch the Masters on the new jumbo screen. On the big screen, I mean. In the Coliseum. Uh, but a lot of cool stuff came off of his Twitter the last few days yeah. uh, about the basketball team. He seemed pretty hyped about the team this year. Yeah, he was super complimentary. And I think, really, um, you know, I think he always seems to be kind of positive on us and so i always get a kick out of when he starts a, a twitter spree around hugs or around the program it seemed scoot like he was like kicked back in his living room treating the coliseum like he was right at home yeah um and i like fran for he's always like you said said some nice things about wvu and i feel like he's the one guy besides being a like for some reason he's got like some crazy knowledge of European basketball players. <laughs> like he's the go-to guy when when draft comes up and uh, Luka Doncic and Kristaps uh, Porzingis are getting drafted. He's the guy that people rely on for info. But he he's got a real good relationship with college coaches, and he kind of he kind of gives you a good feel for your team and for the team you're playing. So I mean he's for me one of the better analysts out there yeah and he was really you know he th he threw out a couple of names he hyped a couple of names i should say specifically uh over twitter this weekend which was a lot of jalen bridges talk a lot of real deal outside shooting boy mcneil and a lot of taz sherman talk which kind of surprised me because i thought taz sherman might get a little lost in the team this year, but it was nice to see a little bit of chatter about him yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Interesting enough, I reached out to Fran Fraschilla before he went to Morgantown. Okay. And I talked to him about Guido and Guido's yeah. history with the Bridges family. Okay. And uh, so he keyed in on some things that uh, he felt that – Guido may have passed on to Jalen's dad, which in turn then translated into Jalen's game. So uh, gotcha. he didn't uh, he didn't absolutely. put this out on Twitter, but he messaged me back and said that he actually credits Guido and Guido's um, influence on Mr. Bridges at a young age for yes for Jalen's uh, growth in basketball makes perfect sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely growth. You know, taught him how to eat all the carbs. I mean, That's you guys were uh, standing in the back row together. We saw a picture of it. Uh, yeah. I believe you were wearing uh, red, white, and blue uniforms. Is that correct? Yes, red, blue. Yeah, red, white, and blue. Uh, stripes American. on the socks. I think I saw stripes on the socks. Well, I mean, come on, early '80s. Had, you gotta go. There, I mean, come on. It was yeah, late '80s. It was late '80s, not early '80s. You guys were kind of like you. I mean, at first glance, it kind of looked like I don't know mid '80s Detroit Pistons, the Bad Boys. Yeah, they kind of had like, like you, you, Rick Mahorn, and the fellas. <laughs> right, like that's right. kind of what it looked like. Guido yes. was the uh, Bill Lambeer. The Bill Lambeer yes. to. I, w I was more of the Kurt Rambis of, uh, <laughs> of, of the squad. Um, yes. So, and the other thing, uh, just to talk about real briefly about basketball is, 
I got to tell you, and nothing's come out yet, and I'm just, it's just me being a nervous Nelly. Oh, boy. I don't know if this bad boy, big, bad Mowers Classic inaugural matchup is going to happen. I don't know if, like, I'm starting to look at, I'm starting to look at numbers, and you got teams, you know, jumping ship. Uh, well, and they're know. adding like Des Moines High School. I, well, I was going like, to say I've right. heard through the grapevine that the next two teams to be asked in to the Bad Boys Big Boys Mowing Classic crossing over is <laughs> WVU Parkersburg, right, and right. West Virginia Northern, the Thundering Chickens. The okay. Thundering Chickens. Okay. I'll tell you right now. If you sleep on them, you're gonna be you're gonna be in for a world of hurt. You're you're clucked. So those two teams are next in line. They just brought in Utah State. Next is WVUP. I believe they're the River Hawks. I think that's what they go by. And then you've got uh, the the Northern uh, Thundering Chickens. Yeah. All right. It's just starting to make me a little a little. Well, I get it. I totally get it. Hey, one more thing, Guido, about basketball. Yep. How about uh, some in-state talent? Isaac McNeely from Polka of uh, yep. Johnson's favorite mascot, the Dots. The Dots. The Dots. He has broken down his top eight choices. Yeah. And WVU is one of them. Have you seen any video of Isaac McNeely? I have. Yeah, he I have. He kind of reminds me of uh, Mac McClung. He kind of has that uh, he's, uh, he's athletic and he's explosive. And just about every top school in the country yeah and scoot doesn't it when you do watch film on him it always amazes me how like with such little effort he's elevating and throwing down a slam for example right you're like oh he's going to go in for oh you're gonna do that instead you're gonna dunk it two hands i thought you were just going in for a finger roll layup yeah that's what i think is cool he just makes it look easy last second all of a sudden he just explodes another i don't know eight inches off the ground and he dunks yeah right yeah and i mean just to just to put out some of those teams that he's gotten offers from indiana out there you know virginia's out there um so he's gotten offers from you know north some carolina teams. A lot of, i think is one of them illinois uh, he hasn't gotten offers from uk or north carolina but louisville they're on, the, they're on his target list virginia he's got a ton of offers four-star recruit you know so six four 140 yeah pretty cool well guys that leads me to one last thing to talk about which is next week we're going to do a super basketball centric show since we're in an off week and we're actually going to have somebody join us to help us talk about basketball because none of us know anything about basketball is that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's fair to say i mean <laughs> no i might know something. well we don't have this particular level of basketball knowledge right we don't have this particular level so uh, so next week, friend of the podcast uh, is going to join us, former West Virginia basketball player, Sweet 16, 1998 player, Brent Solheim is going to join yes. us. So we're super excited about that. Brent's going to join us super a couple of times throughout basketball season just to give us uh, some he's, insight into- He's kind of our uh, correspondent, our college basketball yeah. correspondent, if you Yeah, will. I mean, what did you call him last week? He was, uh, you, you said he was like a uh, Pete Gillen, or yeah. who did you- <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> Pete Gillen, nice guy. His head looks like he's floating because he's got a gigantic noggin. <laughs> 
Holy cow, Pete Gillen has got himself a noggin. He's got a big cranium on kind of a tiny body, but... Guys, we want Brett to come on the show. Stop calling him Pete no, Gillen, No, I'm please. Scoot made a reference, and I was like, I don't know if I'd go there. I thought it was Pete Gillen, maybe not. I called him the Fran Frischilla. I did. I think I did call him our Fran Frischilla, is what I called him. He did call him the Fran Oh, Fr- was it Fran? Yeah. Okay, I yeah, thought it was somebody I certainly else. would not have called him the Pete Gillen. <laughs> so our... our way- <laughs> Man, Brent, we're sorry. Listen, please, please still come on the show. Uh, we're super excited to have uh, Brett Solheim will be joining I just us. hope we don't lose Pete Gillen as a listener. So anyways, guys, what we should probably do right now is take a quick break. We'll come back with the number one game show in a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. All right, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Don't forget, you can find us on the social media. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears On. And you can find us on Facebook, Got uh, search Got Your Ears On. Search Got Your Ears On on Facebook, folks. Uh, listen, <laughs> we have this game show. It's really good. It's the number one game show of all West Virginia University sports podcasts. And Johnson won last week. Yes. On potato chips which is shocking i still feel like i i won a road game as the underdog it was like it was like if uh if west virginia played you know the steelers and won is what it was like good i feel like they you know how we give out like that old like cold trophy when we would play virginia tech or one of those type of deals i feel like it wasn't at the black diamond trophy now that i think about that i feel like I just took the snack chip trophy home. I almost feel like the only way Scoot could have won last week, if it was questions about Scooty, like if I did <laughs> trivia about Scooty, then maybe he could have won that one. But Is that what this week is? No, it's not, it's not what this week is. This week, guys, is, uh, is a great one. Uh, it's about Scoot's favorite subject, pickles. Oh, no. God. Yes. Tell me you're lying. Saturday was this past Saturday was National Pickle Day, <laughs> and I thought, man, we got to have some pickle talk on our show. <laughs> oh, God. Pickle Scoot, Pickle Scoot is in the house. Oh, so uh, as always, folks, a correct answer is worth five points. A steal is worth ten points, and final bluff is worth twenty-five points. Before we started, I pulled out a new coin this week, Scoot, just to see if I flipped it. What would happen if you get to go first? Yeah, what do you got? But unfortunately, Johnson gets to go first <laughs> yes. this week. Piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go, Johnson. First question is to you right. about about pickles. All right. What state produces more pickles than any other mm. state in the United States? Is it New York, Florida, Michigan, or Oregon? Oh, boy. Um, the pickle state. I don't really know what conditions you need for pickles. I'm going to be honest, but a lot of things are grown in Florida. I'm going to go with the sunshine state. 
Ooh. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. Scoot, for 10 points in the steal, is it New York, Michigan, or Oregon? Well, I believe you need a lot of water, so I'm going to go with Oregon. Sorry, that is also incorrect. The correct answer is Michigan. Number one pickle producer uh, who knew? in the union. I did Most not people know up that. there are weird. I have a feeling you guys aren't going to get any of these questions right tonight. I feel like I'm being pickled right now. All right, Scooty. Still tied 0-0. This question is back to you. This state once had a law that said in order for a cucumber to be called a pickle, it must bounce. Hmm. What state was it? Was it West Virginia? Connecticut, Massachusetts, or Virginia? Well, this sounds like a Puritan-type law. Uh, back back in the Salem witch trials, there was a lot of uh, controversy besides witches. There was a lot of controversy surrounding the pickle and the cucumber. <laughs> I am going to go with Massachusetts. <laughs> oh. Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, back to you. Was it your home state of Virginia? Was it West Virginia or Connecticut? Ah, oh, that's a low blow. Uh, that's a low blow. That was the best thing you've ever said on this podcast. Uh, so you threw you threw a lot of like you threw Connecticut in there too. I feel like you're trying to crisscross us up here. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go with Virginia. Uh, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It was New York's frying pan hat, Connecticut. Oh man, Scoot feel like you let one get away there it's a good law it's a very sound law it does feel like witchcraft though to bounce cucumbers yes let's 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 i mean come on all right johnson this question's back to you what is the best selling pickle in the united states Mm. is it the dill pickle the bread and butter pickle the gherkin pickle or sweet pickle johnson ah i think I think you gotta go with a dill pickle. That's correct. Dill pickle is the number one selling pickle in the United States. And finally, somebody takes the lead. <laughs> Five nothing. Johnson takes the lead. And Scoot, this next question is to you. How many pounds of pickles does the average American eat in a year? Me or the average American? <laughs> <laughs> the average American, okay, not you. Because me, it would be zero pounds of pickles. <laughs> Is it nine pounds, five pounds, 22 pounds, or one pound? Ooh. Well, I got the chips question wrong last week. Uh, I am going to say the average American eats whew, uh, five pounds of pickles. Sorry, that's incorrect, Scooty Johnson. Nine pounds, 22 pounds, or one pound? Scoot, I think I'm going to put you in a pickle here by stealing this and saying one pound of pickles. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's nine pounds of pickles. Nine pounds you of pickles. You gross rascals. Are you crazy? What is wrong with you? What? Have some more chicken sandwiches, Johnson. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that is- doesn't that feel like a crazy poundage of pickles that's horrific that's a lot of pickles that's a lot of <laughs> I, listen i apologize for for attacking you on your chicken sandwich life <laughs> i i went straight at you on the chicken sandwiches and i apologize for you that. did 
I feel like I'm fending off the blues right now. I got, I got Virginia, and now I'm getting uppercut from you on Chick-fil-A. Uh, if you I mean, like come on. pickles on your chicken sandwiches, have at it. All right, four questions in, Johnson. You still have a commanding five to nothing five. It feels like a big lead. It feels it like a right big now, lead. You're just contributing. With pickles, it might be a big lead. All well, right, here we just go. like your nine pounds of pickles, that probably feels big, too. It feels like 24 <laughs> to six over TCU right now is what it feels like. <laughs> All right, Johnson, this question is back to you. In Mississippi, sweet pickles are commonly made by soaking pickles in whiskey, water from the Mississippi River, Kool-Aid, or sweet tea. Oh, these are all terrible choices. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go with liquor. Oh. Sorry, whiskey is not the correct answer. You're drunk on pickles? Come on. Scoot, is it water from the Mississippi River, Kool-Aid, or sweet tea? I I think it's going to be uh, sweet tea. No, it is not. It, it's not sweet tea. It's Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid is what they use to soak. You're kidding. No, Kool-Aid. Oh, my gosh. In Mississippi, they soak pickles in Kool-Aid to make them sweet So pickles. I have to think Scoot's reaction is not only are pickles a gross you know invention to begin with but taking your cucumbers and just soaking them in kool-aid right. has to be also not a very good thought very bizarre very very bizarre all right so uh still only one correct answer so far tonight guys uh next question is back to scoot scooty what famous writer coined the phrase in a pickle mm. all right was it ralph waldo emerson Charles Dickens, Mark Twain, or William Shakespeare? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it was uh, not Shakespeare. It was indeed Mark Twain. I'm sorry, it was not Mark Twain. Uh, Johnson, for mm. 10 points and the steal, was it Emerson, Dickens, or Shakespeare? Uh, I'm gonna, I thought Scoot was right. I'm going to go with Emerson. No, it was William Shakespeare in The Tempest. <laughs> he used the phrase what? in a pickle. Oh, yes. my gosh. That feels like the most un-Shakespearean thing ever. Scoot was super confident about that. Had they? Did he reference them being dipped in Kool-Aid in Tempest? No, I don't think he did. Come on. I don't think he did. All right, guys. So heading in the final bluff right here, we have a big, big one this week, guys. Five to nothing. Johnson's in the lead. Um, as always, Final Bluff is worth 25 points, and we always have you guys chime in with your own buzzers. Scoot, what's your buzzer this week? <laughs> something wrong with you, boy. <laughs> something wrong with that boy's mandula oblongata. Uh, Johnson, what do you got for a buzzer this week? Taiki. All right, Taiki. Um, all right, guys, so here it is. Final Bluff, 25 points. It's kind of a winner-take-all question here. What NFL team had their players drink ice-cold pickle juice on the sidelines to help them beat the Dallas Cowboys on a 100-plus degree day in September of 2000? Was it the Baltimore Ravens, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, or the San Francisco 49ers? Uh, scoot, scoot, you're in first. Uh, this is a tough question. It was a real tough question it is. Uh, because I luckily have a mental Rolodex of all the NFL games starting in 1978 
when I was one years old, all the way through. I memorized the schedules. Um, I'm going to say that it was the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> That's correct. Oh correct God. answer. The Philadelphia Eagles uh. in 2000, September of 2000, played the Dallas Cowboys on a 100 plus degree day, and they drank ice cold pickle juice in order to keep the players hydrated. What was the thought process there? Wouldn't that have a lot of salt in it and, ev- and everything? I, get, I don't. I, I have no. Listen, do I look like a person who knows about <laughs> drinking pickle juice? It uh, it helps with cramps. Cramps. Scoot just through the equivalent of Doug Flutie to the guy's name I can't remember right this second, which is bad for me to bring it up if I can't, but it's as if Doug Flutie threw a pickled cucumber 50 yards for a Hail Mary last second touchdown. That's what just happened to me, I feel like. Yeah, man. Scoot, congratulations on the win. You're closing the gap again. Johnson now leads 13-11. to 11. And uh, Scoot- I Randall cunningham you. You did. Yes. yes. Well, I did. I did. Randall, Randall Cunningham you with the pickles. You did. You pickled him. I did. <laughs> get you, get you. I did. <laughs> All right. Congratulations to Scoot as he pulls a little bit closer and we head into the end of the year as we figure out who will be the 2020 Bluff the Fluffs winner. All right, guys. Listen, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with a segment that we like to pluck from Scooty's brain and we like to put into your brain and we apologize all along the way. It's a little segment we like to call I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. We've got merch there, boys, so check it out. Right, Johnson? Oh, yeah, for sure. So when you get to the homepage, you'll see the merch link, and you can... Like we've been saying, we're approaching the holidays. Get in there. Start taking off your your uh, holiday list. And you can also check out everything else on the GotYearsOn.com site. We always post the latest show with all the show notes uh, included. And you can listen to the show right there in the browser in the sidebar. So check it out. Yeah, definitely. Go to GotYearsOn.com. So every week we ask Scooty to get on the internet. And then we say, find something that interests you. And then we learn, I'm not really sure why Scooty's our friend and <laughs> things he finds on the internet. So we let him share them with you guys. It's a little segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. What do you got for us this week, Scoot? Okay, fellas. Well, uh, we know that there have been, there's probably been some themes to our can't believe my ears segments. What are those themes that we typically hit? Uh, Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. Uh, people dying. Unfortunately. Yes. Sports every once in a while. Very rarely. Food. Most of the time. And some TV shows. And maybe animals. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I catch animals doing strange yep. things. That's so true. we've like said the all the things except the subject you wanted us to say is no, what you're saying. you already said the one I wanted you to say. I just wanted oh, to throw okay. in the fact right. that we do talk about animals. Um, oh, okay. The Guinness Book of World Records. I'm very intrigued by these. Yes. So 
uh, we've we talked. Still, by the way, not to interrupt you, but we still need to get that wet sponges to the face done. Well, I'm glad you Definitely. said that because we're going to talk about that same guy. Okay, David okay. Rush from Idaho, who's a busy guy on a quest. He's got over 150 Guinness Book of World Records. I think it's like his job now, because I mean I don't know what else could he possibly be doing if he's setting all these world records. <laughs> So, you don't make money off of it, though, do you? Well, like, I mean, you actually have to spend a bit, right? Because you so. have yeah. to spend a pretty hefty uh, application fee, right? Like, he's not making money for having people throw sponge in his, sponges in his face. I mean, I, I think if you have, like, a YouTube channel or whatever, maybe, but... Well, this this task that he... I guess, has it a task? I don't even know. This feat that he attempted and completed... Uh, had some danger to it. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. okay, you ready? He now holds the world record for catching the most uncooked eggs in his mouth. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. He, what, wait, hold on. Uncooked. Uncooked, meaning that like they unbroken. could break it. They, yes, uncooked and unbroken. Eggs in his mouth. Okay, so they can't break. They can't break. They They have to be... Correct. Intact in one intact minute. Intact in his mouth. One minute. <laughs> yes. So what? So I'm picturing. I, I'm hoping you have a link to some kind of trial run, Scoot. I do. Uh, so here are the parameters. You had one minute, and the guy or his partner, his amigo, tossing the the egg tosser. The egg tosser was standing six and a half feet away. So that's like a social distanced egg toss. First of all. <laughs> yeah. So. So your buddy is throwing eggs at your face from six and a half feet away. I mean, I'd do that for you, Scoot, if that's what you want. Yeah, like, if I you mean, want to try to beat this, I mean, I'm I in. I mean, I'm in on that, I'll too. I'll toss some eggs I at your face. I don't feel good about this. Listen, he set the record 18. He caught 18 in his mouth, unbroken and uncooked. <laughs> okay. Wow. Here's the problem. So is this like, and I guess we'll, we'll look at the link, Scoot, but like, this is like a... Catch egg in your mouth, just spit it out and get ready for the Catch next another, one yes. type of thing? Because 36 of them were thrown at his face. Oh, boy. <laughs> 24 were caught. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, and boy. at one point, he had a broke. I mean, he, he had a cut on his lip from one of the eggs that broke. I feel like this has got salmonella written yeah, all over This it. is a bad idea. Come on. And the previous record was 17 eggs, which I don't know who set that, but... Why are there people doing this? Why are there more than one person doing this? <laughs> who, that's my that's my question is who comes up with these ideas? Like who has the idea like this is a world record I want to set. And it's like, well, nobody's ever set that world record. And like, well, we need to do it. Like that's what you need to figure out, Scoot. Yeah, we've got to find something. Scoot would never uh, be okay with an egg breaking in his mouth. Oh my god! Though. There's no way he'd never be okay with that. I don't know that I feel good about just. The, what would you catch in your mouth, Scoot? Uh, I would catch. I've combos. I've had people throw combos. Combos, yeah. <laughs> right? Those are delicious. Um, I, <laughs> I guess uh, I'm sure the your typical throw of food in your mouth is maybe a marshmallow people like to do that i think i feel yeah. like you'd be good at like teaming with someone at a japanese steakhouse ah, shrimp. and then letting them like repeat yes. fire shrimp the toss, yeah. toss the shrimp in the I mouth i have yeah. caught many a shrimp in my mouth <laughs> but never an uncooked egg no and i guess i kind of feel like a uh when when you're at a japanese steakhouse humans kind of take on like a 
dolphin at SeaWorld. Yeah, like a seal or you something. You kind of tip right? your head back, like... and yeah, and then they throw a fish in your mouth, <laughs> right? Or like a seal or something. Like that's kind of what I mean. Right. Is that where the inspiration for that came? That and the fact that they make choo-choo trains constantly in volcanoes. Uh... <laughs> You just said choo-choo trains on our <laughs> podcast. I just want to let you know. Come well, on. and apparently that's it, right? I mean, oh, like yeah. that's like the thing. That's I think you just covered it. Every place. It's yeah. choo-choo trains and volcanoes. <laughs> now he said choo-choo trains <laughs> twice. I like okay. it. I like the use of I'm fi- I'll, I'll allow the use of choo-choo. Because the guy who goes choo-choo, <laughs> he pushes it around, pushes the onions around <laughs> on, on the griddle. <laughs> Oh, that's a big hit with kids and you. I, I mean, Scoots. it was the I mean, first 18 times I saw it, but it's getting a little <laughs> old now. <laughs> we still got to find something for you, Scoot, to. Uh, I think the sponge is like in the face I, I could do. And we've got I've got a neighbor now that I think would be a perfect partner for some of these tasks. I agree. I, I agree. I yeah. agree. I still think a dark horse bowls of macaroni. Ooh, hot. Yeah. Grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay. I, I would venture Think to, anything right. with bread. You're going out on a limb, but who, I you know what? I support I'm you. I'm going to say that I could eat 10 grilled cheese sandwiches in 2 minutes, 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> you guys are like, okay. That's I think you're going to get competition, though, from people right. like... I mean, I, I Remember don't know, the what? lady that ate, like, 50 Big Macs in how many? Well, like, 10 minutes? Six or minutes? So? Yeah, yeah, like, right. some crazy... I think someone like that's... If you set that record, they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to obliterate your grilled cheese sandwich record. That's my fear. But I think eggs to the mouth would be bad. Yeah, that takes the cake, so like, to speak. I don't even want the shell. Like, I feel like the shell's not clean. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, no, I agree. Like, I don't want any this of This came out of a bird. Like, I don't want anything that came out of a bird <laughs> thrown into my mouth. Right? Yeah. I mean, is that fair? I'm not sure how I could catch one. I, I'm not sure I could how I could catch one in my mouth without breaking it. Like, yeah, I agree. I think you got to- Just catching it without breaking it I is think a you got to soften. You got you to gotta use the, the, the tongue's got to be like a mattress. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta cut. You gotta, I don't want to. I, mean, I don't really want to talk anymore yeah, about I, your tongue being a mattress. I thought scoot. you guys are impressive because I thought this had already gone to a place I didn't want to go, but who knew? And then we turned the corner, and there was a whole new avenue there. Well, I you asked. Know. I'm giving you specifics. Well, on that note, guys, we should probably wrap it up this week. It. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get any deeper in the weeds on this one. Next week, guys, we have a great show. You got to tune in for it. Brett Solheim, number. One in your hearts, number 45 in your program. Going to be joining us to talk about his time at WVU, playing on that 1998 Sweet 16, and just helping us out talk about this year's WVU team. Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to have somebody who I think has a little bit more knowledge of the, not only knowledge of the program, but just knowledge of what goes into the preparation of a season. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm excited. So WVU right now in football is 5-3, and 4-3 three, and three in the conference and doesn't play again for almost two weeks, guys. We play Oklahoma on November the 28th. That's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. It's a big game. So don't forget, look for us online. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, at Got Your Ears. And you can also find us on Facebook, Got Your Ears On. Look for our website. We're going to have some new merch coming out soon, I promise. So Scoot and I are going to start working on that. You can find that on Got Your Ears On. 
www.gotyourearsonline.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. Got Your Ears On.